Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Madeline Sklar, and we're going to explore how marketers can benefit from Twitter chats. By the way, if you want to email me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com, go straight to my inbox. And with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, we're joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found something cool from Google called Gboard. Gboard. Not first yes. thought, it sounds like it's a surfing thing, you know, but I guess <laughs> it's not, right? Maybe it is not, indirectly. It's not. <laughs> no, but it will help your surfing and your chatting and your texting and all those things that you do on your mobile device. It is a keyboard. It is actually a swappable keyboard for iOS currently, and they're building it into the Android as we speak. Okay, so let's break it down because I've, I've heard a little bit about this, and everybody seems to be raving about it. So um, kind of talk to me a little bit. What When you say it's a keyboard, most people are thinking, what does that mean? You're not talking about a physical keyboard, right? No, it, no. It's a digital keyboard. It's a, it's a swappable keyboard. It's one of those ones where you... Uh, as of, I don't know, how many years have we been doing this now? Two years where, something like that, where you could swap your keyboards out on both sides of the aisle when it comes to digital, you know, mobile devices where you can swap out what keyboard you're using for all different sorts of functionality. Like you can search for GIFs, different emojis, different kinds of like swiping your finger around instead of lifting your thumbs up to, you know, tap, touch, type, uh, yeah, and just to give and, people some perspective, yeah. um, a lot of people have added the emojis, like when you're on your phone and you pull up and you're about to type, you know, there's a little, in my case, there's a little smiley face down in the bottom, which is for my emoji keyboard, and then there's a whole bunch of emojis inside of there. So what you're saying, just so I understand, is that there's now, if you install this extension, I guess, to your iPhone, you now have the option to go to this new keyboard from Google and let's talk about why anybody would want a new keyboard uh, on their iPhone. What what does it do that you can't do currently? So for me, especially me being a productivity guy, this is one of those things that just saves you tons of time. And here's why. Say I'm texting with my wife and I'm going back and forth and I think, oh, you know what? What's that? What's the name of that place that, you know, we want to go to, you know, for lunch today or something. Well, I would have to back out of, exit the app, the texting app, go into Google or whatever search function I prefer, type in, you know, the type of food or the, the or location. The, or the name of the place because you forget yeah. where it is. 
This allows you to do that right there from the app. There's a little G with, you know, the red, yellow, green, blue colored Google icon. And you tap that and a search bar opens up right there in the keyboard. And so you search it, it, you find what you're looking for, and then you can literally tap that to go into the text messages or whatever app you're in. Because again, this is cross-platform, cross, yeah, let, let's, uh, let's, keyboard let's, that goes across the entire uh, operating system. Yeah, so whether you're typing an email or sending a text message or composing, I would imagine, even a note, the idea is that you don't have to flop back and forth between the apps because with this new keyboard, Google has essentially integrated a search function right into the keyboard so you can just do it right there, which I think is brilliant. But there's more. But wait, there's more, I understand. Well, yes, there's <laughs> lots more, actually. In fact, all your native emojis are right there as well. You can tap a little uh, emoji icon so you don't have to switch over to a emoji-only uh, keyboard. So they're they're right there in there with that with cool. this keyboard, which is great. Um, in fact, I personally have swapped out the old emoji keyboard for this one, so that if I'm going to go to an emoji, at least I have this as an option. Um, you can search for gifts right here in there, which is super awesome to be able to not have to go to a separate GIF keyboard. Uh, let's see what else. I, I understand know. that you can do some sort of a weird swipe with your finger to yes. kind of type. What is that all about? Yeah, that's there's this has been around for a while. They've brought it brought that functionality into this. It's where somehow they predictively know, especially somewhat from pressure on the keyboard, where if you swipe your finger around, you know, if I were to swipe E R I K really quickly, the word Eric would show up and I wouldn't have had to have literally typed those those letters. Yeah, and I guess what's cool about this is if you eventually kind of know the shape that you're drawing, you know, to uh, type in some characters, it's just a faster way than physically picking up your finger, you know, and tapping. And uh, a lot of people swear by it. So yeah. this is really cool. It's free, obviously. And yes. um, I'm assuming you haven't, they're not monetizing it, right? You're not seeing ads or anything, are you? No, not at all. It's just clean, clear cut interface. I think the benefit to Google is the fact that, you know, you connect, you can connect it to your accounts. And so uh, they know what you're searching. <laughs> and well, and how brilliant for Google to basically embed search right into the iOS, um, you know, that way it's super simple. Now, how do you add this? Where do you find it? What In the App Store or what? Yeah, you just go into the App Store and you type capital G-B-O-A-R-D. It'll pop right up and you can download it. And then it gives you the step-by-step instructions once you open it up on your phone. And Android users, for all we know, you may already have this functionality. Um, but we think it's really cool for those of us that are <laughs> you know, stuck with the Apple keyboard. Eric, thank you so much for bringing us that tip of the week. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready 
to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Madeline Sklar. If you don't know who Madeline is, she's a Twitter marketing expert. She's host of the Twitter Smarter Podcast, and she also hosts a weekly tweet chat at hashtag Twitter Smarter. She also blogs over at MadelineSklar.com. Madeline, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. Today, Madeline and I are going to explore the power of Twitter chats and how you can benefit from them. So, Madeline, let's start with a little bit of your backstory. How in the world did Madeline Sklar get into Twitter? Tell me, where did it all start? (laughs) Well, I am a digital marketer. I've been doing online marketing for a very long time. And when social media came about, I was hooked. And Twitter was my favorite. Twitter was great because the 140 characters, I love that you have to be concise and to the point. So it became my love on social media. I started back in March of 2008 because it was the big buzz at South by Southwest Interactive that year. Everybody was talking about it. So I thought, okay, I got to jump on this bandwagon and see what the fuss is all about. And and that was it. Uh, that was it for me. I've just been in love with it ever since. Very cool. So where along your path did you decide you wanted to specialize in Twitter? Well, here's here's the story with that. So I do all social media. I love every social media platform. I go and spend time learning every aspect about it. The thing that I found when I would travel and go to events and conferences, I'm very inquisitive. So I'd always ask everybody, what's your favorite platform and why? And what do you like and dislike? I was amazed at how many people said they didn't like Twitter or they didn't understand it. And I thought, well, this is crazy. It's such a great platform. You can meet anybody on there that you want to meet, no matter what. I mean, they could be the VP of some big company. Um, there, there are people out there that are within reach, better than even LinkedIn. So I just got on a mission that I want to help people become Twitter smarter. So I came up with a hashtag. Uh, Nobody was using it. I spent a lot of time researching hashtags. I fell in love with Twitter smarter. So I basically stake claim to it. Even though you don't own a hashtag, no one was using it. And I started developing online classes surrounding the hashtag and then eventually a Twitter chat. Awesome. And why don't you tell everybody how you and me cross paths? Well, you know, I knew about you for a very long time, and I've been an avid listener of this podcast and your blog and everything that you do, and uh, you were looking to mentor somebody with Twitter, and uh, we, we our paths basically collided after I listened to one of your episodes last year. I where- was looking for an apprentice, right? Right. Or something along those lines, and, and, and by the way, what I was looking for was not to mentor someone about Twitter because... Because I wanted someone who already knew a lot about Twitter. Right. I wanted to be able to mentor someone to kind of help them become um, really one of the experts for Twitter in the industry because I saw a hole, if you will. I saw a need in the industry. And you applied 
and you were one of a whole bunch of people that applied and went through a pretty grueling process, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. And Twitter was the one that came out of the other side. Uh, not Twitter, Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline came out the other side. I've been working with Madeline and Madeline already was well along the way. And Madeline has, um, has really turned out to be amazing. And uh, it's been wonderful working with you, Madeline. So um, you've been really, really excellent. And you've had a chance to speak at Social Media Marketing World, and now you're on the show. And I'm just so excited on the path that you are down. So let's transition over to the actual thing that we're going to talk about today, which is Twitter chats. So um, first, let's talk about what is a Twitter chat, because people that haven't been on Twitter as long as you and I have may not be as familiar with what it is. So why don't you explain it? Right. And I get asked this all the time. And really, the simplest way to describe a Twitter chat is imagine a group of people coming together on Twitter for about an hour each week, and it all revolves around a hashtag. So we'll use my chat as the example. So my hashtag is Twitter Smarter. So every week, we all go and we just use the hashtag and we have a conversation around it. So as long as you put the hashtag in your tweet, you're part of the big conversation. And it is really a great way to meet lots of like-minded people. It's a way to get lots of advice and tips. And people like to come on and show their expertise. So, you know, it's really up to the host and how they want to lead. And the way I lead is, hey, if you want to come and learn, this is the place to learn. But if you also want to share your advice and expertise, come on and share. And I also have a guest, which is common. Not everybody does it, but it is common to have a guest and do a Q&A. So that is the best way to describe just coming together and having a conversation. You know, it's funny is before Twitter was big, blogging was big. And I remember Liz Strauss from uh, Successful Blogger, I think was the name of her blog. Every I don't know if it was Tuesday or Thursday, she would have what she called a blog chat. And all this chat would take place in the actual uh, comment section of her blog. And people would just refresh her blog and, and there'd be all this thread of dialogue. And if we think way back, like I'm really showing my age here now, but if we think back to bulletin boards <laughs> and forums, right? Um, interacting on those places was also something that was very popular and still is. But what's interesting about Twitter chats is that they kind of live out there on everybody's Twitter feed, and it's really the hashtag that brings it all together, right? And yes, and um, and it's it's interesting and amazing because if you're part of a Twitter chat, it can kind of get crazy, out of control, or it could be calm. But um, we're going to get into why you should participate in Twitter chats. What are some of the you know um, common mistakes, and then we'll get into also the you know when you're hosting Twitter chats how to do all that fun stuff. So um, first of all, let's start with why in the world should we participate in Twitter chats? And and um, yeah, and then I'm going to ask where we find Twitter chats. But but let's start with why. Why should we as marketers participate in in Twitter chats as an attendee? Well, right. It, it's Think of it as the cocktail party. It's a place to go and just network like crazy. So I made a mission last year to go and participate in as many Twitter chats as I could. It's not easy because it takes time. You know, if, if you're going to 
chats and they're an hour and they're several each week and, and you want to be a regular. That's kind of the point here is to be a regular, kind of like cheers. You, you become like Norm or everybody knows your name at, mm-hmm. at the bar. Uh, and, and it's really cool and it's a nice feeling. But you try to go to these to connect with people, network. And here's an example. So I went on a, a really great social networking uh, chat called media chat. It's a bunch of social media marketers. And I was new. I didn't know anybody. And I started meeting people. And I ended up having a little side conversation with uh, this guy, Matt Dietrichs from Hootsuite. So I was making a connection at Hootsuite. And that's one of my favorite platforms to use when I'm doing my scheduling of uh, tweets on Twitter. And I met these other two ladies that were social media marketers. So we, the four of us, were having like a side conversation, which is a common thing to have on a chat where you're still actively participating, you're doing the hashtag, but you're also having just a little private conversation. Other people could come in, but really it was like a small community within the big community. And so I'm making like these really great connections with people. I ended up having him on my podcast and on my Twitter chat. So it's a great way to make really, really strong, valuable connections. Awesome. So where do we actually find Twitter chats? Because I don't know if there's a directory or I mean, how do you, what's your thoughts? Like, okay, you sold me. I want to be a participant in a Twitter chat, but how do I even know where they are or where they take place? Right. And you know, the thing is, there are several directories, but the problem is they're not always up to date. There's not one that's like the the one that everybody goes to. So you can certainly Google and go look up. What I find that works best, if you're looking for something very specific, then put in the topic and then put Twitter chat and and you should be able to find in, something in Google or in Twitter in in Google okay so go into Google and and look for very specific types of Twitter chats or just type in Twitter chat and you will find some directories in there but I just find they're not always reliable so what I found to be most reliable is word of mouth mm. and also going finding a Twitter chat you know you'll hear about them when you're more active on Twitter you'll you'll see the tweets you'll see people doing these repetitive tweets real quick you'll realize they're in a Twitter chat. And once you start going to them, you'll hear about others and there's a lot of word of mouth. And also keep an eye out on Twitter bios because many times someone that's hosting will have it in their bio. And that's a really great way to learn about a chat you might not have known about before. Tell everyone when, where they can find your, uh, what day, you know, what time can they participate in your uh, hashtag Twitter smarter uh, and it's all one word, um, uh, tweet chat. When does that take place? It's every Thursday afternoon at one o'clock Eastern. And yeah, Twitter smarter, one word. And it's every week I have a guest. So we do a Q&A, but everybody's invited to both learn and share. So 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Thursdays. That's cool. Yes. All right. What are some of the mistakes that people make when they participate in Twitter chats? Because I'm sure... I'm sure you see them quite a bit, Madeline. And I, I think a lot of us who don't do it all the time would love to learn kind of the no-nos, what things are to avoid. Well, one of the biggest mistakes I see is when you have somebody new and they're not really sure what they're doing is they'll come on, they'll typically be using Twitter.com and not a third-party platform or app. And they don't remember to put the hashtag in. You have to keep in mind that for the hour, the duration of the chat, 
we're all hyper-focused on the hashtag. I'm not even looking at tweets that are coming to me that don't say Twitter smarter during that one hour period. So what I'll see people do is they'll come on at the beginning and introduce themselves. Hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm so excited to be here and they'll have the hashtag and then we don't hear from them the entire chat. Then at the very end, they come back and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to put the hashtag in and you guys didn't see my, my conversation and they get frustrated. So I make a point in my chat at the beginning to mention that there are some platforms that can help and make it super easy. I use one called TweetChat. It's just TweetChat.com. It is such a great free platform. You just go on your browser. And what it'll do is it'll just show the tweets as they're coming live. And there's a box at the top. You just log in with your Twitter. And at the top, you can type in your tweet and it will automatically put the hashtag in. It's and, awesome. And that's tweetchat.com. And another one that we've used is tchat.io. Uh-huh. Um, both of these are, are great. Um, some seem to be more resource intensive on your computer. Um, what about if you're using a mobile device? Is there also an app that works not just in the browser? You know, that's more of a preference thing. I've seen some people say that, you know, twitter.com, uh, you know, the, the Twitter app works best on both iOS and Android, just the, the flat out Twitter. Um, when I'm participating, there's one that I like, uh, is called, you know, of course I would like try to, try to remember this, uh, echo phone, echo phone. That's it. I haven't used it in a while, um, because I rarely do mobile. I, I try really hard to be on a browser because it is very challenging to participate in a Twitter chat when you're on mobile. Cause you're typing like crazy, right? Yes. It's hard, but echo phone, I really like, and that's iOS. Uh, so it's really a preference thing. I've heard people mention a variety, Hootsuite. A lot of people will use Hootsuite, but I find that if you are on mobile, the best thing to do is just use the Twitter app. The only advantage to, I would think, to use to doing on mobile would be the voice. Uh, you could use the voice features built into the mobile phone to transcribe your voice into text, which I would imagine could be quite effective if you don't have a lot of typos. You know what I mean? It's it, yeah, it's a lot of typos though. I, I have a hard. It's time true, with especially my... if you say a word it doesn't recognize, or you say a word and it's like it keeps right. getting it wrong. Um, what other mistakes other than just forgetting to put the hashtag are people making when they're uh, first beginning beginning with tweet chats, Twitter chats? Well, that forgetting that this is not an environment to sell. People get on sometimes and they just have the wrong idea of what this is about. They're, they're new to chats. They don't know the protocol, the, the do's and don'ts. And so people will sometimes come on and just start promoting themselves. Spam and it's the not a place it, for huh? that. Yeah. yeah, it's not the right place for it. With my chat, I post uh, house rules at the beginning. And I've seen other chats do that as well, basically saying, you know, here's some do's and don'ts. And I think that is important as a host to, you know, really lay down a foundation of this this is how we run things. This is how we do it. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's usually one that I'll find from time to time. Most people really what I think are doing is their why, which is what I recommend is first listen and watch. Pay attention to what's going on so that you don't put your foot in your mouth and do the wrong thing. Crazy thought. But do, does anybody ever reply with a video response on tweet chats? Sometimes, sure, yeah, and that's one of the benefits of using your mobile device is that you could do a video, you could do emojis, which is so easy to do on mobile. It's hard to keep up with the Twitter chat, but you could utilize some of the cool features on your phone. Cool. Now, um, 
just since you mentioned you have kind of a do's and don'ts, we talked about a couple of do- don'ts. What are some of the do's that we should do when we're in a Twitter chat? Well, when you're in a Twitter chat, you want to be you know really respectful of everybody and and participate. If you are not sure of what to say, I always tell people, at least come on and say hi at the beginning and introduce yourself. Here's the thing about Twitter chats. We can have a ton of lurkers and not know. It, it, we don't know who's who's paying attention without talking to us. So I always encourage people, just come on and say hello and just you know, be a part of the conversation. That's what it's all about is to be social. So you definitely want to speak up and, and chat with us. If you don't feel like you can contribute to the conversation, at least, you know, just find ways of, of chiming in on things. Even if it's just to say, hey, I agree with that. Just as long as you're active, you want to be active. That's the main thing. And unlike a real conversation, like at a conference where there's a bunch of people in a little circle, it's not like you're, you're, never, inter- you're never interrupting when you add a comment on a tweet chat, right? I mean, it's always right. welcome because the whole point is that um, it, it's kind of like a big stream that's flying by, right? And some people are going to queue in on some tweets and not other tweets. And I mean, it's even o- appropriate, like if if there is an expert who's there, you could end up having a lot of side dialogue, like you said you had yes. with, with the guy from Hootsuite, right? Exactly. And that's what makes us so great. I will see an expert and and somebody that's just trying to learn, have a conversation that's, that's taking place there that we all can see. And it's so cool. And that's what makes me feel so great about leading a Twitter chat. I just want to bring people together. That's all I want to do. And it's, it's very fulfilling for me to see these side conversations going on and people connecting and then going on to do, do things together after the chat. Okay. You mentioned a couple tools. Um, we mentioned, uh, Twitter tweetchat.com, And I think you mentioned a mobile app. Are there any other tools or apps that make Twitter chats easier, either for the host or a special guest or for, um, you know, an attendee? Well, let me kind of lay out how I do it as both the host and participating, when I'm hosting, what I find that helps me tremendously is Hootsuite. Hootsuite is a great scheduling tool, and I like it because I want to schedule some some tweets at some very specific times. So when I am chatting with everybody, I can have questions already scheduled oh, and that. ready to go. And it, I mean, I, Mike, I've been doing Twitter chats for five years. I've been hosting Twitter chats. So the Twitter Smarter has been for uh, almost a year now, but I've been hosting other Twitter chats for a very long time. And I've had a lot of trial and error. Um, People are always surprised to find that I do this with one computer on one browser. Um, But I have found shortcuts and things. And here's what's really interesting. So, you know, one of the new things with with, uh, Twitter that's coming soon, and we talked about it on the Blab recently, is the ability we're going to have to be able to retweet ourselves. And I think this is going to be great once that's turned on. Well, here's a little shortcut and it works really great when I'm hosting a Twitter chat. Sometimes I want to take something that I've tweeted and retweet it. So I'll do that with Buffer. It's pretty amazing that with Buffer, you have the ability to retweet any tweet, including your own. So that's been really helpful when something's happening and I see something I want to like you know, bring back into the mix and I can just take that tweet I've already posted 
and retweet it. Also, I'll do it when I'm answering my own questions. So as the, as the host, I'm posting the questions. And that's a very typical scenario. You're either doing it off of a company account or your own personal account. So for me, it's my personal Madeline Sklar account. It's both, you know, personal slash business. And sometimes I will, there'll be a need to want to retweet off of that. So when I'm answering because I want to answer the questions too, uh, you know, from the Twitter chat. So I'll actually use Buffer and hit the retweet button. So that way it brings up the original tweet with the question and then I can answer underneath it. And then when you see it in the Twitter stream, it looks really cool. That's awesome. And um, are there any apps or tools out there that allow you to analyze that Twitter chat when it's all over with to kind of show you how much activity there's been or maybe how many unique people have been there? Yeah, there's some great tools out there. Now, the one I use is called OneCube, and it's been a great platform. They actually are the same people that uh, run TweetChat.com. So what does OneCube tell you exactly? So OneCube is a platform that gives you all kinds of analytics on uh, on Twitter. So I use it when I'm running my Twitter chat. I will use it afterwards to go through and put together my stats to see how many tweets, um, who all was there. Uh, I can look at the numbers, see what the engagement was. It gives me lots of information. So it's super useful. Now, there's another one that's really, uh, really powerful and popular called Hash Tracking. And that's been around for quite a while. So theirs is really good too. Are these free or paid? No, unfortunately, they're all paid. But, you know, if you have to pick one, my favorite's been OneCube. They're great people over there, great customer service, and it's just a great platform. Very cool. Um, So I've been, it's been a while since I've done a tweet chat. But I remember it was like just nonstop typing because it's like, give some tips to the person who's the guest on someone else's tweet chat. Because like, do you have to answer every question that comes up from the host and also all the other people that are there? Because it kind of gets like you can't type fast enough sometimes, right? Right, right. When you're a guest, here's what you need to do. It's going to be hard to answer everybody's questions. Uh, Neil Schaefer was my guest recently and he's so cute. He was trying in real time to answer not only my official questions for the Q&A, but he was trying to, in real time, he was trying to answer mine and Your everybody else's. Your fingers get else's. tired after a while. It's crazy. So he was like, he was doing this for hours after the chat was over. It was so cute. But here, here's what I always recommend. When you're a guest, what you want to do is you want to have, because most chats move fast and you can miss things. So I recommend using tweetchat.com to participate. And this is for everybody. I When I'm on my chat, I use it to participate. But what you also want to do is have a browser tab open for the host, because you want to make sure you don't miss any of their questions because they're directed to you and you want to be answering them in real time because you're the guest. Everybody knows you're the guest. They're looking to see what your answers are. Even though many people are going to answer as well, you should be the first or one of the first to answer. And then on the flip side, as the host, I have a tab open to the guest because I want to make sure I don't miss any of his answers. I want to retweet every answer he puts out because that's part of being a great host is I'm here to support the guest. So I want to make sure I retweet and I like everything that they put out. So when you say have a tab opened, do you mean have their Twitter 
URL up in a different tab and then have tweet whatever it was dot com in the other tab? Right. So you want to have, when you're on your browser, you want to have several tabs open. So you want one for the one you're participating in. So for me, I use tweetchat.com. And then I want to have one open for my guests at his twitter.com or hers twitter.com page. So I can see their conversation and see their answers. So you to just need tweets. to remember to go back and forth between the two tabs. Really, yeah. Yeah. Down. You have to learn to move fast like this. You know, if you can't move fast, you're going to have a hard time. It'll be challenging. So yeah, you got, you got to move fast. With and this. you got to keep it to the, you got to keep it to 140 characters, which is yes. difficult. It's difficult. Yes. Um, so what's the typical, um, uh, talk about the vernacular, like how do you know it's an official question and how do you make it an official answer? I mean, is there some sort of special characters you type in or what? Right. Yes. What you want to do when you have a question is going to be like Q1, Q2, and so on. And I I typically do eight questions for my Twitter Smarter Chat. And so I instruct a guest to be sure to do, you know, for the answers, A1, A2, and so on. So when I do the house rules at the beginning, I also put that in there to remind people, be sure to answer with A1, A2, and so on. When you use TweetChat.com, one of the features I love about it is that when you do Q and a number. So if I do Q1. If it's, if a tweet starts off with that, it will highlight it in yellow on the page That's at tweetchat.com. Cool. So it'll really stand out. And I love that. So if you're using tweetchat.com, you will really see every question because you can't miss them. It's just highlighted and it's, in yellow. That's free, right? Tweetchat.com yes, is free. It's free. Is the A, when you put the A on there, is it highlighted or just the Q? No, only the Qs. And so I have to remind people not to answer with the Q. People are always like not thinking and every once in a while somebody answers and they'll do right. Q1 instead of A1. So that will be highlighted as well. So I have to kind of send a little like, hey, be sure to do it. What, if you, what if you can't get it in 140 characters? Have you seen people do like a one part one part two or something like that yeah so what i do with the guests is ahead of time i send them the questions because i want them to be prepared there's nothing worse than coming on a chat and they can just copy and paste it right well so what i want them to do is i want them to be prepared and so what they'll do is most times they'll go and prepare but they also know not to just copy and paste one after the other after, you know, like give it a little time and make, give a flow to it. Um, but, but being prepared allows you to then connect and talk to people because if you sit here and are winging every response, it's going to be very hard to keep up with the questions that people are asking you during the chat. How long is a typical Yours is an hour. Is that normal? It's an hour. That's a very typical time. Um, Usually by the top of the hour, people are gone. They're out of there. You'll still have people that are hanging around. You'll have people that are moving a little slow. My chat moves very fast. So there'll be people that either come late or they're just taking their time with answers, which is totally fine. So I'm not trying to rush anybody out. You know, it's a a public place. You you know, I, I stay there as long as necessary to make sure everybody is enjoying themselves and they're connecting and networking with people. But usually top of the hour is pretty much ended. All right. Let's say somebody listening right now says, okay, I want to start my own Twitter chat. Um, and let's say they picked a topic and a hashtag. And um, uh, I guess what's the next step? What are, what are some tips, if you will, for someone who wants to host their own Twitter chat? 
Well, you got to start promoting it, you know, just because it's just like that whole, you know, if you build it, they will come. It doesn't work like that. You've got to let people know about it. And it takes time. You know, mine didn't become big and successful overnight. I had to build it up. What worked for me is that when I have a chat, uh, towards the end, I'll do a tweet and say, hey, if you would like a reminder tweet for next week's chat, let me know and I'll add you to a list. Now, this becomes some work, but it's worth it to me. It'll take me some time each week to put together tweets where I send out the reminders. People just are opted in. I find it better than an email list because I could certainly do this as an email list. But if you get a tweet the morning of a Twitter chat, you'll be more inclined to show up. Is there a tool that does this? Unfortunately not. I wish somebody would create it because I think they'll uh, do well. So you had, you create a special Twitter list and then you just go through there and like, uh, you know, tweet about five or six no, at a time or what? not even a Twitter list. Well, so what I do is I, this is just a manual process I put into a spreadsheet. So I, I ask people, a lot of people say they have a hard time remembering to come. Um, you know what you should do? So- Consider putting a calendar together on Google, create a special calendar like we do for our live show and, and then just tell people to subscribe to the calendar and then it'll boom, show up on their schedule with a link, right. with a link maybe to tweetchat.com slash whatever, you know? Right. Um, and that could be very useful. It's, what I found has worked best is because it's at, at Twitter is for them to get a tweet. Yeah, that's totally cool. What else do people need to know about? Like it, it, what's, you know, I, I think you should probably use the other social channels also yes, to drive absolutely. some traffic to this thing. Um and, you know, what's a realistic number of people for the first couple of tweet chats? I would imagine it's going to be pretty small, right? It's going to be small first time out unless you've already created a big buzz. So, for instance, there's a, a Twitter chat for Snapchat people um, called Chat Snap. So it's like chat, uh, Snapchat, but backwards. Uh, and one of my colleagues, Christy Gillentine, started it. And she created a huge buzz. Plus, I was helping her promote it. She enlisted other top Snapchatters to promote it. So right off the bat, it was a big chat. She had a bunch of people on there. She's she's uh, she's trending every week when she does the chat. So she's doing it really well. So you know, you can certainly take some time and do a promotion campaign first. But I'm a believer in you know. Um, just getting it going, just going for it. And because if we wait, then you're trying to perfect it and then it'll never happen. So instead of ready, aim, fire is ready, fire, aim. Just get it all in place. Get the, ha- uh, the hashtag you want to do. Uh, start getting some guests together. Know what kind of questions you want to ask. And then just go for it and let it build. Just keep the momentum going. I would imagine it's probably a good idea to participate in some other sna- uh, chats before yes. you actually start your own so you can get a feel for how it flows, right? Yes, it's it's a very smart idea to go on other chats, get active. It's another way to meet people that can come on your chat. So just start building up a community of people. You'll learn the do's and don'ts. It'll help you be a great host. Now, you turn your um, Twitter chat into a blog post. Can you tell people kind of how you do that? Because I think people might find that interesting. Yeah. So what I do each week is I do a recap. So I have a volunteer that helps me and we go through the tweets and we look for the the top tweets and we put it together and put it out through my blog because we'll have people that came late or missed it and they want to be able to go through and see what we were talking about. So that's been a great way to keep that momentum going and the promotion going, but also it helps with SEO. So it's a good thing for my blog. And I think if I'm not mistaken, don't you put the 
the name of the guest and stuff inside of there too? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I use the same um, artwork. So the images that I create to promote it, I use the same everything. And uh, yes, the, the guest gets a lot of promotion afterwards. And I use a uh, an app, a platform called Tweet Jukebox. And then, because this is a great place for your evergreen content. It's like Edgar. Like Edgar and Tweet Jukebox are the two, if you have like evergreen stuff that just doesn't get old. So after I have the recap up on my blog, I go put it into my Tweet Jukebox. So now it's just going to perpetually run in Twitter and it'll just keep promoting the guest and the chat. And it, I think that's been another way of building the name for my chat just it's, it's out there it's everywhere on twitter now uh, do you have to have a special guest for twitter chats or can you just interact no. with the audience you can just interact uh the one that's the uh for snapchat they usually just ask everybody their questions like and it's kind of cool because it's almost like polling your audience and learning more about them which is very smart well yeah and it's kind of like you could be the expert you know, um, it's like podcasts, like I do an interview based podcast, right? Where pretty much I'm not doing a solo show. It's more like, um, my guests are the experts, but every once in a while I will do a solo show. And I would imagine it's the same with Twitter chats. You know, you could just go ahead and pose the questions and then interact with the audience or answer some of the questions yourself. If you happen to have a special domain expertise, um, or you can just let the guests do it. Now, if you recruit a guest, any tips on that? Because I would imagine some people have no clue what they're in for if they're not used to Twitter chats, right? Like you just mentioned Neil uh, Schaefer earlier, right? Right. Yeah. I, I put together an email, kind of like, you know, some tips of like how to best participate when you're a guest. And after having Neil on, it's like, okay, maybe I better reword some of this and make sure that like, you know, please answer the questions as they're coming out and to uh, have my browser open my browser page for Twitter open so that right. you see when the questions because because my Twitter chat moves so fast it's really grown Mike it is so big now so you could just get on there and j your jaw would just drop you'd be like okay I don't know what to do so it is a little uh, overwhelming because it's like it a is. river coming at you right it really is it, it's it's cool though it's a little overwhelming but it's it's fun and it's a rush because you have the ability in one hour, I mean, just imagine you're at a cocktail party with hundreds of people and in an hour, you could just walk up and just say hi to everybody. Just think of 140 characters, you know, just think of like, you can have really concise hellos to everybody and, and make great conversations, great connections in a very short period of time. Awesome. Well, Madeline, you've done an awesome job. And I said awesome quite a few times, but <laughs> you've done a great job of revealing the benefits and the how-tos for Twitter chats. Really excellent. Why don't you tell people where they can discover more about you? Well, you know, Twitter is my place. It's my specialty. I mean, I really live and breathe Twitter. It's my, my most favorite place on social media. So you can go to twitter.com slash Madeline Sklar, or you could also go to my website. I like to hang out over there too, madelinesklar.com. Yeah, and just so you all know, it's S-K-L-A-R is how you spell Sklar. Madeline Sklar, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Well, I hope you got a lot out of this week's episode. If there was anything that we mentioned and you just didn't get it all, like some of those cool apps, well, don't worry. We took all the notes for you, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 204, which stands for episode 204. Wow. 
Also, never miss an episode of this podcast by hitting that subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you're a regular listener to the show, would you please consider giving us a rating and or a review? Socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes makes it really easy from your desktop or your mobile device to give us that review. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.